this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. From the sunny and the beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, with another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. Before we jump in, make sure you head over to the website www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media at the Hop Nerd, except for Twitter. It is super duper special. It is the Hop Nerd One. Make sure you slide into the DM, send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your feelings. I love having this conversation with you. That is the best part of this whole thing. Today we have on the amazing, the awesome Josh Bryant. So I'm not going to hold you up anymore. We're going to dive right into this thing. Here we go. I've, um, I've had a bit of a think about this, Sam, and I've, I do have a lot of really practical examples and things that we did that because I hate having these conversations. Oh, awesome. That was a great interview about you. But what, what did I actually get out of it? So I'm just trying to give whoever listens to this a, a few takeaways on what we learned, what we did. Um, man, I, I, I don't know how many times I've banged my head against the friggin' wall trying to implement safety differently. Um, it's, been a, it's been a great challenge, but we're, we are getting there. That, that is great to hear, and I, I understand that challenge. That is, a, that is a frustration that's hard to describe to others, isn't it? Until you, oh, yeah. Until you kind of oh, do that yeah. yourself. Because that's that's one thing about a lot of the traditional approaches is I don't want to say that they're easy, but at least they're easier, it seems, than yes. some of, the, some of the, the newer ways. And you know what? It's easier too because there are so many people with that background or that fundamental of how safe you used to be that it's almost like it's it's perpetual because you've got all these other people that back you up going, well, they do it that way, so maybe I shouldn't do it this way. I should just keep doing what I'm doing. Like, you know, give safety differently a go. It's it's It's... It's freaking enlightening. Absolutely. Well, that's a really interesting piece that you bring up because that's a challenge that I have found or have faced in uh, over and over is most organizations, most companies, uh, they don't want to step out of rank and no. st- do something that's a little different. Uh, and, and when you say, hey, take a look at this, this is this is different. Uh, I mean, it is safety differently. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And and they they oh, oh, oh no 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 all of our peers are doing this this way, and that's the way we plan on continuing. How did you overcome that? Um, I mean, I can. I, do you want to let me know when you want to really start? Did you want to do the intro bits and everything? And because yeah, I, so, I guess it, I guess in my role, um, like I work for clients, so I'm I work for other companies. So I own the equipment, I own the people, and I work for other companies. Okay, yeah, um, let's let's start there if you want to. Um, why don't you? We we were kind of diving right in. I sneak it in on people. I go ahead and start recording. I don't know if you noticed that or not. No, you just you just record <laughs> you whatever you want. But I mean, I haven't really I haven't really introduced myself. I haven't even introduced myself to you, so you got no idea who I am. <laughs> there we go. So let's let's start right there. Why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Give us a little background. Who are you? What do you do? All that kind of stuff. Righto. So I'm Josh Bryant. I live in Brisbane. On the east coast of Australia, Brisneyland or Bris Vegas, as the Australians like to call it, I started my career as a geologist. 
um, and then moved into a health and safety improvement role uh, with a large mining company. And when I left that business, I, I joined a, a small drilling contractor of 160 people named Mitchell Services. So Mitchell Services um, is a drilling company. We drill holes in the ground. Think of like uh, the movie Armageddon with Harry Stamper drilling holes in asteroids. We just do that um, in minerals and for energy coal, and we actually do a drill and blast as well. Um, the business I look after uh, with Mitchell Services is 50% on the surface, 50% underground. Uh, and since 2016, we've acquired uh, two other businesses, Radco Technologies and DeepCore. So we've gone from the 160 that I started that I thought would be an easy job to over 700 people in all states, which is all states in Australia is basically the size of continental USA. Um, we own all the equipment. All the equipment operates two to five people. We operate 24-7, 365 days a year. And I work with a team of six other HSC people, um, that yeah, that's that's basically my team and, and who I am. So, geologist turning into a safety professional. Wow, that is that is a very interesting story. So, and it's it's totally relatable to me. Um, one of my first jobs ever was on RD twenty drill rig, drilling for natural gas in southwestern Virginia. So, I can I can totally relate to uh, to what you're laying down there. Um, we kind of started already before we jumped into the introduction. So. Uh, folks out there already know that we're, we're talking into this safety differently space, and uh, we probably uh, gave them a little bit of a spoiler there that uh, you guys are kind of in that space already. So how did you end up going down that safety differently path? What started you on that journey? What prompted Look, you to make that honestly, honestly, Sam, it's a bit of the, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, as they call it, where you know two people on Earth are, are six links apart. So a gentleman by the name of Ian Long introduced me to the concepts of safety differently and threw a few books on my desk by Sidney Decker and had a bit of a read and thought, Jesus, I need a PhD to get my head around these things. And he uh, he recommended a gentleman by Todd Conklin who was running a podcast. I went, oh, that sounds pretty cool. So driving to work, I'd, I'd listen to a few of Todd's podcasts and go, oh, you know, this is really different. And one of his podcasts had a gentleman by the name of Daniel Hummerdell on, and I listened to it and I was like, wow. And he actually said he was in Brisbane. Uh, where I am. So I was like, oh, awesome. I'll, I'll go along and see if Daniel's running any courses. So I went to one of his courses and basically saw the light, to be honest. Um, he talked me through, or oh, he talked us through as a team, the the three fundamentals of, uh, of safety too, safety being an ethical responsibility and not just bureaucracy, um, being the presence of positives and capacity and not just, you know, not just things going wrong. Um, and that people are a solution to harness and, and not a problem to control. And honestly, I, I walked out of Daniel's session and I had a lot of self-reflection. I actually felt a bit sick. I always, always saw my role in safety as, you know, my job's to control risk and control people, but actually my job's to learn and make the workplace better. And it was like, whoa. And then um, a, a guy by the name of Andy Sean at Southpac International had the foresight to to bring Bob Edwards and Andrea Barker out to Australia and, again, follow another another random source on LinkedIn who said, oh, go to this hop course. It's awesome. Like, and I was like, oh, you know, what? what's hop? And then, yeah, went along to the to the course that, that Andy had organised and, um, you know, Andrea Barker rang that session and it was just, holy crap, this this hop is, a, is fantastic. It, I, I need to look at when things go wrong and my business when things go right in a whole different way, I need to look at how I respond when things go wrong. Um, so 
really looked and go, yeah, why am I doing this? Like, why, why do we need to do this safety differently? And it's it's because it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do by your workers um, and it's the right thing to do. Actually, as a bit of a human being, hey, you, your job isn't just to control. Your job is to learn and make things better for, for the people who choose to work for you. I mean, work's a choice. They can choose to leave. They choose to work for you and you've got to look after them while you've got them. That's, and that, that, that's exactly it. it <clears throat> so much of what you just said, I'm sitting here reflecting back on my own my own journey. And, and, and I really, I share that with people all the time that everyone is, is really on their own hop journey as you start to learn this stuff. Uh, and reflecting back on my own, it sounds so familiar. Um, someone had basically threw me safety differently. They, they had given me the safety differently book. Uh, and they said, Hey, take, take a read, look at this thing. And it just started me down this path of reading everything that I could by Decker initially, and then into Conklin and then obviously into others. Um, but wow, yeah, that that is that is amazing. So when when you picked up all that stuff, how did you really get it started at your company? I mean, how did how did you get things to take root there? I'm um, I'm pretty lucky because the the team I work with, um, particularly two guys, Tim and Tim and Rob, Tim Fitch and, and Rob Ayton, who are working with me, and a, a gentleman by the name of Mark Alston, uh, who works for Investigations Differently. We we just had a look at the business and we went, you know what, we're we're a we're a contractor company. So we work for clients. So we've got about 25 different clients, and those clients have their own safety management system. It's their site, so they've got their own way of doing things. So the way we looked at it was to go, well, where are the places that we actually, like where are the touch points that we have with our workforce? So where are the things that we can control? I mean, we don't control notice boards and safety meetings, et cetera, that the clients have, but we do control our own. So how can we look at all those fundamental touch points that we have with our workforce and apply the fundamentals of safety to and the fundamentals of HOP? So we looked at, Sam, we, we really like broke it down. We went, okay, so we onboard people into our business. When, how are we talking to these people when we onboard them? What type of language are we using? Um, what about pre-shift meetings? Are we doing a lot of telling and you must, et cetera? Or are we having, you know, real discussions about, what are we planning today? What are the things that we can ensure that are in place to make sure things go right? What discussions are we having with them in the field? So a lot of field discussions that we see um, is, uh, oh, what, what at-risk behaviours did you observe? Like, that's that's just crap. Um, we really want to go, when we're out in the field and we're actually having discussions, let's talk about their normal work. Let's talk about how they, how they do things. So we've changed our field discussions into more around, hey, while you're doing this work, can you talk to us about, you know, any critical risks? Is there any anything from a fatal risk point of view that you need to be worried about? And if you do, what are the controls in place and how do you make sure that they're right? And then we continue to follow up that discussion with going, all right, so the work you're doing may not have fatal risk, but what about, what about if things go wrong? What things make it easy? What things do I make you do that makes life hard? And what can we learn together and maybe maybe make things better. Um, one last thing, Sam, is that, or probably two last things is if we were having an incident within Mitchell Services, um, how are we telling our people? So were we saying, oh, he put his hand in the wrong place and, oh, they shouldn't have done that and, oh, everyone, you should go back and read this procedure. Like we actually went back and had a look at how we were communicating incidents to our business and it was like, holy crap, we're just, you know, we're saying wrong, 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 don't, don't, don't. It should be more, hey, they're all right. We've learnt this. This happens at your side as well. 
um, help us learn how we can make this better across the entire business and make the changes all around Australia. Wow, that, that's amazing. That, that was a that was a lot of really just tactical, pointy end stuff. Uh, and and that's kind of what we're talking about right at the beginning, right? Is what are some of the what are some of the really um, tactical ways of actually going out and doing this? And that's that's awesome. Because um, Sam, that's what you don't read anywhere. You right. read a lot about you know, I guess it's theory and examples, but no one actually gives you a blueprint and goes, how can you do this? And honestly, it depends on your sphere of influence as well. Like what, what can you change? And we only made changes as a team to the things that we, we owned. And it was those touch points that we have with our people. Have you, have you seen it pick up elsewhere in the business? I mean, have you seen other uh, kind of organizations? And I, I say that because what I found in organizations that I have been in and around is that, Safety is usually the catalyst that kind of starts that conversation, and then you start to see it pour over into all other facets of the business. Yeah, look, some of our clients has had it has had an influence, particularly in the in the amount of language and how they're discussing incidents as well. They do take on board that oh, you know what, this could actually happen to us. So you know that's a that's a really good way of looking at it. Um, we used like I mean, using Mark Holston at investigations differently. We changed the way that we. We actually did our investigations. We use, you know, we use the standard ICAM model that everyone else does, but we we sort of changed it around to really focus on normal work and how things are normally done and how they're done at other sites as well. And clients have clients have actually honed in on that. So you know what, that's that's a really good way to look at it. If we only make this change to this person or this one side or this one process, we're not actually fixing anything. Um, what can we learn that, you know, will actually impact and change normal work? And, you know, maybe normal works better than what the procedure actually says. Right. And that's, that's a huge realization, right? That's a huge wake up moment. Um, something that you just said, they're super important. When you go out and you try to fix that one piece or that one person, you're literally trying to influence one person at a time. Yeah, exactly. And, we, exactly. and, and that, that's a never any battle that we're never going to actually win, right? You, as you put it, you really don't do much of anything at that point. Um, I think something that's super interesting is this notion of um, when bad stuff happens or we deviate from an expected outcome, kind of responding differently. And I, I think that's kind of where you're going with that. Oh, 100%. I, I mean, I used to I used to be a contract manager and I used to beat people when things went wrong. And right. um, I, I it's always good with my CEO now that um, I, I'll talk to him directly and he'll go, you know what, if we were on that jury, this could have happened to us as well. You know, this isn't just a person involved. This could happen to anyone. So how do we stop it happening to anyone ever again? Um, Sam, you talked about influence on clients. One thing that people really got uncomfortable with is we took away TRIF. So we took away the TRIF measurement across our entire business. We, we discussed it at our leadership team level and at our board level but we've removed it from any communication with the workforce that that saying that that stat, that total recordable injury frequency rate is the only measure of how well a site's doing. We just got rid of it, mate. You, you could go to any of our drill rigs and you'd go, hey, what's the TRIF performance of Mitchell Services? They wouldn't even be able to tell you what TRIF actually is. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I've, just, I've just seen several organisations starting to go through that same um, – really that same understanding that that's not very useful information downward through the organization, right? 
It really <laughs> does. It really just n- number one to me, we, and even to us, right? Even to us as safety practitioners, we really look at that information to go, well, what the heck does that even really tell me? <laughs> it, 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 it's history, and I can't fix history. Number one, well, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and and Sam, you and I are going for a job, and you're number six and mine seven. So are you safer than me? The complete lack of context around those numbers, right? And I, I can I can speak to um, really the way that it's been viewed in most of the organizations I have seen um, here stateside is it's all it's there's been such an over focus on is something recordable, is something not recordable? What for us, you know, what what is the total recordable instant rate? What does that look like? And that's the end all be all for safety. And it really doesn't tell you much of anything nah. other than if it's not zero, it's bad. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. And like you, you, I really, really like what you said about the context. No one has context on, okay, you had two injuries in May and one in July. Um, what was going on? Like, what was, was it a new job? Was it a new people? Like, just no, it's just a number. It's just a stat. So, look, we took it away because for me, person wakes up in a mining camp in the morning, they go and have their breakfast, they go to our pre-start meeting and then they go out to work. And if they walk past a stat on the board that says, oh, Triff, if we don't hurt ourselves, you know, up until May, our Triff's going to go down, well, it's going to make no difference at all to the working environment. That is really hard. That is a really hard thing to operationalize down. And that I, I think I think you hit it spot on. Is that you know it's is that a good number to share up through uh, the executives to a board of directors up and out probably right. But oh, uh, and some of our clients don't give us a choice, which is of course, which yeah. is how you know it's a, it's a it's an old it's a it's a fundamental way of measuring. So yes, I totally agree. We do send it out, but in ugh, no, yeah. Um, let me ask you this, because this, this was, to be honest with you, most of the changes towards safety differently that I've been involved with, this has been a hard sell um, to, to, to really step and move away from from that. So was, was there resistance to that at first? How did you manage it? How did you how did you uh, how did you convince folks to get rid of, of pushing that number down? Um, it's. <laughs> I'm a bit of a big stick in our organisation in that my CEO and my leadership team actually have a lot of lot of confidence in, in what I do. Um, I actually didn't get any pushback. I do get – I have been questioned by other clients going, oh, what do you mean you don't share it with your – what do you mean you don't share it with your workforce? How do they know they're going well? Well, <laughs> we, we talk about – we talk about controls that have worked. We talk about significant events. Um, we actually talk about all the capacity. Oh, yeah, we've changed this. We've implemented this. Um, as a result of, of someone putting this idea forward, we've actually made their, their workplace um, um, better. Yeah. We um, we call this thing, we actually call it Our People, Our Solutions, where we go to the workers and go, you know, how can we, how can we actually make your um, workplace uh, better? Me having those types of discussions and us as a business really focusing on that is a much better operator than someone just focusing on truth. Well, yeah, and that's I, I've seen I've seen that applied in, in different examples with different organizations. One of the one of the more interesting ones that I've seen lately is uh, folks that have started uh, really rather than even tracking injuries or trying to operationalize that injury frequency data down, they really just started sharing the number of learnings that they, they had, the number of learning teams that they conducted, and the number of, of those opportunities. I thought that was a really cool thing to see um, rather than saying, oh, we've had 12 first aids. Um, their bulletin board basically says, hey, look, we've had six learning teams and we've learned all of this stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of back to that positive stuff, right? Uh, measuring the absence of something doesn't really do us a lot of good, as, as we all know. Um, let me ask you this. With all that stuff happening, with all that stuff kind of – as you moved into safety differently, what changed? What, what changed in your organization? What performance, culture, other benefits? I'll be, I'll be completely honest. Um, there's been – there's been improvement in the amount of trust by our workforce, and that's been shown through um, our employee perception survey, um, measuring leaders, measuring um, supervisors, measuring how the business performs. And we've seen a we've seen an improvement in those results. I mean, it's only a snapshot, but we've seen a lot of improvement and a lot of trust. And a recent a recent survey that we held, one of the questions we asked is, "Are you proud to be associated with Mitchell Services?" and um, of the 450 people that responded, every single one of them um, responded favourably. So we think we're doing the right thing by our workers. Um, the discuss- As I said earlier, the discussions in the field have more changed away from that at-risk behaviours to let's talk about critical risk, let's talk about critical controls, and let's talk about learning and making your work better. Um, other changes, Sam, my CEO, every time, you know, every, every time there's something goes wrong or, you know, something happens in the organisation, the first question you ask, and we got this from Todd, is are we, are we good or are we just lucky? Yeah, you know, are we actually, are we good or are we just lucky? And the other thing too is with our business is we're quite nimble. We can make changes quite quickly. And another, I was listening to one of Todd's podcasts and one of the terms he used is, is safely failing or failing safely. Um, so we have that discussion everywhere across the business. How do you safely fail? Oh, I had the right gloves on, they were cut proof. And that enabled him to, although he um, he might have hit a sharp object, object the, the the result wasn't as bad as it could be. So, you know, he failed safely. Wow. And that, I love that. I love that piece from Todd. That That's one of those kind of mind-blowing moments. It's so simple. Oh, it just blows your mind, right? Where, where yeah. you start having that conversation, were we good where our essential controls worked and prevented something terrible from happening? Or just by the grace of God, <laughs> did, 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 right? And and that's such an and and the the mind blowing part for me is that no matter what the answer is, you get to learn something. Yeah, exactly right. And so whether whether you were good or lucky, you still get some amazing amazing learnings there, which is and uh, that's, yeah, that's really awesome. I'll tell you what, and using the term, um, did, how do you fail safely? I go, what? So you accept error? And it's like, no, well. People do make mistakes, but if they do make a mistake or something's missing on one of our drill sites that would allow an incident to occur, how do we minimise the harm to a person? So, you know, we have um, we operate machinery. Um, we put uh, padding underneath the machines to, to stop any oil leaks. It doesn't mean I'm going to have an oil leak, but it'll allow me to safely fail if I do have an oil leak. It's simple stuff like that. If I'm, if I'm using a hand tool, I have impact-resistant gloves. I'm not guaranteed to hit my hand, but if I do, I can safely fail and not injure myself. Right, and and that's what um, I've seen some folks, uh, at least the folks that I've been working with lately, kind of struggle with the fail-safe term. Um, I, I work I work with tons and tons of engineers, and, and fail-safe is a very uh, mechanical term sometimes. Um, and I've shared with them: think margin, right? The same thing. Think think margin. Uh, in most areas of our business, we build margin into practically everything. Yeah, right? G- giving yourself just a little bit of extra room 
that when you mess up, that when, when we miscalculate, that again, when, when the machinery does have a come apart, those pads are there just in case. Yeah. You've, you've got nice. just a little bit of margin, right? Yeah, I'm totally um, agree. I think one thing that was that was really interesting to me that I've seen kind of manifest as you start going down this path, um, and it's a part that, that leaders really have to come to terms with, because we, we were talking about injuries, we were talking about instant rates, we were talking about those numbers, the, the critical numbers piece, right? Um, because unfortunately, most organizations, we're, we're very – um, we we like to be spreadsheet driven, right? We like graphs. Yeah, we like we, yeah, we like it gets done exactly. Gets we, the squeaky we, wheel gets the oil. <laughs> exactly right. We we like green boxes, yellow boxes, red boxes, right? We like we like to best look at that. Go we're, we're good, okay? Exactly. Green. I love that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Embrace the red and fear the green. Um, feel the fear the green. But but so much of the initial conversation is is that listen. As this trust starts to grow and the honesty starts to happen, people are going to start telling you a lot more stuff and injuries and incident rates are probably going to go up. I can I can actually vouch for that. In the last 12 months, um, my first aid rate has gone up. And the reason being is that people are starting to trust us to tell us about the niggles. Mm. You know, oh, I got sore here or I got a scratch here. like, And they know that our response will be, Right, it'll be measured. You know, it's it's one of the mate, it's one of the fundamentals of of the hot principles. Our management response matters. So, you know, they're actually willing to to tell us more. That's what I feel. I actually, feel we've got a lot more transparency in the organisation about things that are going on. And so, so, so much of your so much of your shift in response has really led to that, right? I'm, yes, I, I think that's what I've seen uh, more often is when we shift those questions and we start asking, okay, who who was hurt? What do they need? Who needs to get them what they need? How can we learn from this stuff? Tell me the story of how rather than why or who was it? You know, and when we really get into shifting those questions, that trust starts to grow and they start telling us stuff. Uh, and it sounds like you've seen that. So from from that growth in reporting, what's been different with learning? Have you learned a lot more stuff? Yeah, so probably just learning about um, us as an organization, about, you know, maybe how we mobilize reach the site. We've become more efficient with – uh, I guess our checklist to ensure that everything uh, arrives on a rig as it should, when it should, because, you know, we've actually learnt from our workers that, you know, sometimes we have to make do with what we've got. And we're like, well, that's that's not good enough. Um, that's not good enough as a business. So we've learnt that way that, you know, we've improved our processes, we've improved our, our workplaces. Um, and it's actually the, the, the workforce also has changed its attitude to when a safety guy rocks up at a rig or a lead, one of the leadership team members, it's like, oh, you know, they're out to get us. It's more they welcome you like family and they go, oh, they, they more just want to tell you everything that goes on in the rig and look what I fixed and look at this idea and, oh, you reckon we can implement this? And oh, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Look, it's not all sunshine and lollipops, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but from the work we've done so far, we have had some success. Yeah, and and it it never will be right. It'll it will never be complete sunshine and lollipops until we're all retired and hanging out on the beach somewhere, right? drinks in hand. But uh, in the meantime, it it at least puts us in a lot better space. And that, I think you hit on something really really interesting right at the beginning, um, talking about just general workplace betterment, work life betterment. It's yeah, a huge piece, right? Because as you said, that that's a that's a huge shift for us to kind of wake up and go, oh. My life is not just about observing and managing and trying to fix or avoid risk. It's really about trying to just make things better. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's a huge wake-up thing. So for for those out there that have have not started down this path, or those that those that those leaders that are just uh, unsure about how to move forward with this, or or unsure if they want to move forward with this, what advice would you give to those folks out there that are thinking about going down this safety differently path? Um, for me, I think learning the fundamentals of what hop actually is and safety differently is. I mean, there's there's podcasts out there, there's books. I mean, top. Conklin's, Conklin's latest book, that Five Fundamentals of Human uh, Organisational Performance, I think is a, a cracker for someone starting out just to get your head around it. Um, don't think that safety too and hot means free reign and chaos and you get rid of all your procedures and, you know, you remove everything and you get freaked out. Um, maybe start small and, you know, what Mitchell Services actually did was like we talked about Look at the touch points with our people. Pick one of those. Like maybe, maybe choose to change the way that you do investigations and focus on normal work. Um, maybe change the way that you're communicating your incidents and see what response you know your operational type people um, have to that. You can't, you know, you know, you might want to experiment in one area of the business, but you know, as I said earlier, the whole six six degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's a there's a huge network of people within the hop space that you can communicate with. That you know, there's LinkedIn. Sam, go through people like yourself. There's lots of people that you can talk to in this space. That if you do want to, you know, if you do want to leap off the cliff and have a crack at safety too, um, there's a lot of people to help you with the fall. That's that's that is a that's a great input. You know, that's something that really surprised me. Um, as as with most, I've, I've, I've kind of been on LinkedIn for a very long time and didn't actively participate in LinkedIn for an extremely long time. And I think that's been the most mind-blowing thing to me about this whole thing is the amount of folks out there that are just willing to jump in and help. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there are, you know, LinkedIn, social media, et cetera, there's going to be a lot of naysayers um, until until you can show them that, you know, maybe some of this does work. Um you know their mind won't be changed, and they'll 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 put posts up there as well. Everyone's entitled to an opinion, but we just more. And I mean, me me personally as an organisation, uh, me personally and and the organisation, we we'll look at some of the LinkedIn posts and go, you know what, that's actually useful stuff. We should give that a crack. Mm. And that that absolutely, you you know, we uh, we still have those folks, as you mentioned. Um, and that that is perfectly that is perfectly acceptable. That's perfectly fine. I think challenge and dissent is a great thing. Uh, <laughs> it should be should be encouraged. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, that's exactly it to me. I mean, to, for for what I found is just making the world a better you know a, a better place to work is is huge, right? Just just making that we've got to do it, so we might as well make it as, as good as we possibly can, right? For ourselves, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, any uh, any words of wisdom for folks out there? On top of that, anything else you want to share with everybody? Uh, no, not really. Look, it is. You know, it, 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 I guess it arches back to the whole, you know, Simon Sinek had this thing where it says, you know, what's your why? It's all it's all good knowing your what and your how, but what's your why? So if actually safety two strikes a chord with you and hop strikes a chord with you, give it a go. Just give it a go. There you go. And I, I share that with folks too is, is what is the for, – for some reason, for some reason uh, – what I've found as folks start to implement this, they're so afraid of letting go of things in the past. They're, and I, I get it. There's there's a lot of sunk cost into the traditional ways of doing things. There's a lot of other reasons. 
Uh, but I, yeah, I think you hit something really important there that you, and you, you can start and you look, small. Yeah, start small. You can and the start too. Like, I, I can't look too different from my clients. Mm. Um, otherwise, you know, we won't work with them. But if I can influence some of the ways that Mitchell Services has, has done things in a positive way with with the way we use safety too, then you know, excellent. We've done a great job. And it, look, it's all about our people. Um, and making sure their workplaces are better because that's what that's what Mitchell Services can control. That is that is awesome, and I, I really look forward to seeing your all's continued journey with this. This is just just phenomenal. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. Without uh, with if, if you don't have anything else, I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Yeah, thank you. Thanks very much for having me on your show, and again, continue the momentum, mate. You're doing a good job. No, I appreciate you'd be, it. You'd be called Sambo in about 20 seconds on one of our drill rigs. Australia, <laughs> Australia have this thing of making nicknames of someone straight away. <laughs> or you'd be Goody, I reckon. I reckon there you'd be go. a Goody or a Sambo. I, I guess I'll have to take Goody because I've got I've got some family members that already have have, have given me the title Sambo. <laughs> right, so so I guess I guess I have to take Goody then. <laughs> you'd be Goody. <laughs> oh man! Oh, man. Well, I, there you have it. I guess you can, uh, I guess you can call me Goody from now on. Well, what do you think? Like it? Love it? Gotta have more of it? I know the answer to that one. Josh is absolutely amazing and they have done some awesome, awesome things. I love that, uh, this podcast is just chock full of practical things that they really did to take safety differently forward. Let me know what you think. I'm going to put Josh's information down below. Make sure you go check him out. Check out Mitchell Services, all the really cool and amazing work that they're doing. But again, let me know what you think. Slide into the DMs, jump in the comments, send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Use that handy dandy text number below to reach out and get in touch. Until next time, I greatly appreciate you tuning in. Let's keep this thing going. We're making the world a better place to work. One podcast at a time. Until next time, bye everybody, bye.